0: Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chicken Foot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby!
1: what's up all you rockers rockets and everything in between you have joined us thank you for joining us for a new edition of and the podcast will rock thank you once again for joining us if uh, you've been here before but if you haven't we are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time van halen one track at a time i'm your co-host mark kamire
2: with me as always Corey said, Corey, what's good? Well, I tell you, not the weather. Uh, it was minus 49 <laughs> with the windchill uh, in Saskatchewan this morning, so skin freezes uh, within minutes in that type of weather. But uh, it's starting to warm up, and uh, I think largely because we've got a couple of great guests on here tonight. We're about to talk some Van Halen.
1: I was going to let the weather slide. I was just giving you free rain, but you brought it up. So while while you're mentioning it, yeah, it's warm down here too and rainy, which you know what that means. We're in for a new December season of tornadoes down south. Yay. But the good news is all those trees can't be knocked down because they're already gone. They're gone. There's no more trees (laughs) to fall on any more vehicles that time has passed. So I guess bring it on, strange weather. Uh, December, am I right? But as you mentioned, we have guests. We are not alone today. Uh, What can you tell me? What can you tell the audience just briefly without revealing who they are? What can you tell me about our guests
2: tonight? Well, I can tell you that um, they're already among my favorite guests. Uh, We were bonding before you even hopped on the call Mark, about uh, a shared love of ZZ Top. Uh, yeah. and I I'm trying to talk these guys into maybe branching out and doing as easy top, uh, podcast, but, uh, if you read the Van Halen news desk and by God, everybody should every single day, they did an article not that long ago, uh, about a, a new Sammy Hagar podcast. And we thought, well, that's just perfect. We got to get these guys on the show, spin the wheel rock and see if we can get a Sammy tune to talk about. So without further ado, I will turn it over to Mark Meyer to introduce our guests.
1: From the All Sammy Show, actually, it's called the Bogus Otis Show. Brent and Darren joins us on the podcast. Brent, Darren, welcome. How's it going, guys?
3: Thanks for having us. It's an awesome pleasure to be here. We're we're big fans of uh, of you guys, and any chance we get to talk about the mighty VH, we are all in.
0: Hell yeah! Love the show. Glad to be here. <laughs>
3: specifically
1: sammy eccentric uh uh uh, sammy centered rather van halen am i right
3: yeah i mean we try and uh keep the the core focus on uh the red rocker but as um as darren coined the title of the show you know we're kind of that nine degrees of sammy so all the little tentacles that touch him all around it's all it's all fair game and it's all good
1: that's a great answer great Great having you guys here. Uh, Cannot wait to see what the wheel has in store for us because the wheel uh, is fickle. And as you can see in front of you, the, the listeners can't see it, but you can see it. The wheel is real. You can confirm that.
3: The wheel is real. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a bit nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. And it's some it's <laughs> the songs that are still
0: left. There's killer stuff left, right? It's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm look I'm looking at what it's just st- sitting on right now, and I'm really upset because I really <laughs> want to do that song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a Dave tune. We don't want a Dave tune tonight. But before we get any That's further, we, yeah. we we better ask Brent uh, what he's drinking tonight.
3: I love that you asked that question, and uh, the fact that you picked up that that's kind of the opening line with um, with our show. I'm usually posing that to Darren, and I'm constantly feeding Darren with bottles of Sammy's Beach Bar Rum because he's run out of his, and I have a stash. So um, I think we'll just go tonight's it, yeah. a little. It's a little pepper up or little uh, Dr Pepper, a little Sammy's Beach Bar Rum, nice. little bit of ice, and uh, nice and fresh.
0: So for those Canadian listeners, I won't share Brett's address because we can't get it
2: here, in, at least on in Ontario and Canada.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll share the love. Corey, what are you drinking tonight?
2: Oh, I'm, I'm drinking my usual whiskey and uh, Coke Zero. I'm pretty boring that way. Darren, what do you got yeah. going? Well, I don't have a Sammy
0: uh, branded item, but it was, uh, I say was because it's empty, but it was a Mill, Mill Valley red wine. I can't remember the oh, kind, nice. but uh, mm. it's close enough, right?
3: Sure. Look, look at you all fancy tonight with the red wine. Whew.
2: <laughs> no more rum, right? What are you going to do? <laughs> you know what, uh, speaking of alcohol, uh, I have a little conundrum about this weekend. Maybe you guys can help me. I have an opportunity on Sunday to go meet Gene Simmons. Uh, he is actually brewing his own vodka, and he's doing a, a signing, and he's signing bottles of his own vodka in Regina on Sunday, and I'm kind of on the fence whether or not I should go. Uh, let, let, let's just take a poll of the panel. Should I go to Regina and meet Gene Simmons and get some vodka? Start with Mark.
1: Well, as the song says, experience Regina. Um, right. But I don't, I don't know how well you're going to experience a Gene Simmons branded uh, vodka. Uh, <laughs> I might be, I, I, I might be uh, more leaning on the side of uh, just go with the Skull vodka. Dan Aykroyd, he's a stand-up fella. Um, I don't know, but I, I don't know. Do you really want to wait in what is probably a ridiculously long line just to uh taste some vodka that you may or may not really enjoy that that's the real question for you Corey. And that's kind of why i'm on the
2: fence uh darren what do you yeah. think
0: well i have met him before uh in producing tv shows he did a voice uh in the mid-90s where he was kind of the star of it he produced it uh
2: and uh are you bringing your wife along Are no. you thinking of bringing your wife no, she's working that night, so it's pretty much just going to be maybe one okay. of my kids. I'll, you I'll might want to on. because uh, he always seems
0: to gravitate <laughs> to those with wives because then he, he he always wants to talk to them first, but that could be your ticket <laughs> to the front of the line, right?
2: There you go. That's a good yes, idea.
0: I would say go. Why not, man? Come on, these guys are getting any
2: younger, right? There you go. Brent, what about you?
3: Yeah, yeah listen, uh, it doesn't get any more iconic than Gene, uh, than and I think uh, with a caveat, if there is a long line that you have to wait in, If they're coming down said line, handing out shots of said vodka, then it's probably worth the wait.
2: Uh -uh. Good call, good call. You know what, just
3: shout that you discovered Van Halen and he'll come to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You should. If if you do go, just wear your and the podcast will rock t-shirt and I'm sure it'll get him asking some questions.
2: Yes, sir. We'll do that for sure. So it, you, it's, go. it, we, we got two votes for sure. So yeah, I, I think I'll be heading the highway this weekend to go meet, meet Gene and, and drink some, drink some Gene Simmons money bag vodka. Why not?
1: Let's, let, let's hope the wait is indeed worth it. Uh, it's vodka. You can't screw it up too hard, can you? I, I really don't know. That's a, I'm not an expert in making vodka. Uh, I'm, I'm only an expert in telling you
2: my opinion over a band that I really like. You see what I did there, Corey? I did. Yep, I did. Now, uh, in, in the interest of keeping things going, Mark, maybe we should go right to the poll from last week, and uh, it's from a Sammy Toon, uh, so we'll we'll get it these is. guys' opinion on, on this track as well. But uh, last week, we covered Source of Infection from OU812. Uh, the vote, uh, pretty uh, pretty definitive again, 72.8%, what dreams are made of, 27.2%, this dream is over. I thought that might be a little bit closer based on some of the comments mm-hmm. we were getting, but... Uh, at eighty-one votes, uh, most of the people think uh, it's what dreams are made of. Uh, Brent, if you're voting in that poll for source of infection, how would you vote? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 a thumbs up there for sure. I mean, source of infection, kill,
3: killer lick, and again, it's uh, Sammy at his absolute screaming vocal best in on that tune. So, yeah, I'm I'm a part of that seventy-two percent full show. Awesome, Darren. Uh, I
0: love it. I feel like it's the Hoffer teacher of the Van Hagar years.
3: Oh, that's nice. correct.
2: Yeah. That is the correct answer. <laughs> and of course, Mark what? and I were both uh, thumbs up on that one as well. Oh yeah. The song rips, but, uh, but I'm
1: curious as to see uh, what everyone else is saying. Uh, would you please Corey, tell us the, uh, the
2: commentary on the poll. All right. Let's start with Matt who says uh, one song that should have made it onto the set list along with me wise magic. No argument there, except, uh, and Tom pointed out, uh, I can see why it's not, though. Those octave leaps can be rough, and Sammy gets high on that chorus. So maybe that's why they didn't really perform that one live.
1: That's a good point.
2: Yep. Uh, Good buddy George uh, from the Judas Priest cast says, This is most definitely what dreams are made of. Source of infection is a great blast to old school Van Halen energy. The fast songs are my jam. So there's another thumbs up from George. Thank you, George. Uh, C. Barnett says very few Van Halen songs are "The Stream Is Over," mostly because it's hard to be a complete, it's hard to be at a complete loss with Ed, Al, and Mike. Even Sammy's weak lyrics and a weaker production do not doom it completely. Ooh. Ouch! Uh, Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm I'm sure we'll
1: probably get into it at some point, but it's do not let me forget to uh, talk to Brent and Darren about uh, how they feel about uh, Sammy lyrics, as it were, and on the yes. whole. <laughs>
2: That is a running theme theme in the comments here. Here's one uh, from the (laughs) Maiden A to Z podcast. One of our brothers from the Deep Dive Podcast Network, they said, nah, it didn't work for me. This was a mess. And that bass thin and super saturated 1988 mix didn't help it either. Sorry, boys, boys, but the dream is over on this one. However, I did enjoy having my main man Greg back on and compared to how many say I, it was a decent tune. So that was from John uh, from the Maiden (laughs) A to Z podcast. Uh, not not a fan of the track, but uh, Greg was actually no, I... he voted uh, voted up uh, thumbs up for with us on that one as well.
1: That surprises me a little bit that uh, that John went no, but uh, yeah, I get it, I guess. Yep, uh,
2: the Deep Purple Yule cast see what I did there. Uh, they said enjoyed yes. this one, solid album track for me. So thanks for that uh, comment there, boys. Yep. Uh, Robert Cato says another great episode for one. As I've stated before, I love all of Van Halen. Uh, so uh, C L S Y. Can't Stop Loving You. That was the song that we uh, used the mulligan on there, Mark. Uh, would have been fine it by is. me, but I respect the opinion of others to use the mulligan. Source of Infection is such a jam. The band is one fire, and the background harmonies are amazing. And uh, it was, was kind gonna... of funny. We, we were talking about the uh, after the show, Mark is very positive to Can't Stop Loving You. Uh, Greg was very, very negative to Can't Stop Loving You. I was kind of in the middle. So it was kind of a mm-hmm. battle to see which way I was going to go on that one. So when that one does come up, Uh, You'll have to stay tuned because we'll we'll talk about it then. Uh, Our old buddy Old Handsaw says, I'm sure the song will be great when someone finishes writing lyrics for it. (laughs) Whoa.
1: (laughs) I mean... Look, I, I'm not even go- for one. I'm not gonna fight you on the fact that it's it, the lyrics are what they are, and we set our piece. And then also, I'm not gonna fight you on the fact because Old Handsaw said it, and damn it, we love Old Handsaw. So that's exactly the perfect kind of thing he would say. We appreciate you. Take it. That's
2: right. All right, uh, Trockman fifty one fifty says. Absolutely what dreams are made of a forgotten track for sure. All killer and no filler on this one. Perfect all the way through insane guitars, drums, harmonies, and vocals. And as we go back and forth on silly lyrics, Sammy's chatter fits perfect on this track. So there you go. There's somebody who actually liked the the uh, lyrics on source of infection. So thank you, uh, Josh. man, what do you want?
1: Yeah. Right? It, right. Yeah. yeah. Come on.
2: Sam even said, we're just fucking around and having fun. So, right, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Josh says production was thin, lyrics phoned in, didn't matter. Still had all the Van Halen swing, charisma, and swagger. So, yeah, we don't have the time to dissect the lyrics of every song
1: and say which ones are phoned in and which aren't. That would be a completely separate thing, I think. Um, and we just, you know, Corey and I can only do so much per episode.
2: <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, the Sammy Hagar boy is going to love this one from Greg Zito. I support mm-hmm. Mark's decision to use a mulligan for Greg. He deserved it after uh, How Many Say I. I wish Sammy had taken a mulligan on those lyrics for what is an otherwise great track. Eddie Van Halen saves the song and makes it what dreams are made of. (laughs) Again, Uh, I'm not going to (laughs) argue. I I, I get the feeling Darren and Brett might have some comments. Maybe let's go to them and see what they have to say about the lyrics of Source of Infection. Oh, man.
3: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what. Listen, a, a running theme for us is poor Sammy is constantly getting panned for his lyrics by, you know, the the Roth fans. And in some cases, rightly so, um, you know, I, we can run down these lyrics and, you know, I probably could have written them myself is, is the honest truth. But at the end of the day, it's still about the delivery and the power. And to me, you know, Sammy could be singing, Mary had a little lamb, but he sings it the way he sings it. And it's uh, it's, it's always a winner. I don't know.
0: I'm, I'm with you, man. It, like I said before, it's, it was 1988. What are you expecting? Uh, you know, I just love it because they were having a blast and having fun. They, and, you know, I feel like they put the fu in fun and that's what I liked about that era. They were having a blast and playing that music. So really, you know, I come for Eddie, stay for Sammy. Uh, the lyrics, if they're great, uh, that's a bonus. If they're mediocre, whatever, I'm good.
2: Yeah, as, go.
1: as long as the music fits.
2: Yep. yep. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's some real uh, Dave diehards who hate everything Sammy ever did. And uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's true. I, I know it's true. That's shocking, why Darren
0: and we're... Brent are our real names. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bruins fan 71, He he's going to address those 27% who voted oh, against this song. And he said 20 27% of you want Dave to sit on your lap with his chaps on and no underwear. Yeah. <laughs> So ba- basically saying fuck you Sammy had some good stuff with Van Halen too very eloquently put Bruins fan appreciate <laughs> it <Yes. laughs> oh Sean Geek from the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast said uh, I like a lot on OU812 mostly because of history with the album it is my Van Hagar album and I really like the Faster Halen songs like this one I can't separate my experience with this on from the quality though I can only upvote it so there you go we'll nothing take- wrong with that yeah yeah uh, Ray says, I'm admittedly more of a Dave guy. I've never heard this song. Hearing the song also made me realize that Sammy somehow sang on Hot For Teacher. Terrible lyrics, great guitar, vocals, and drums. It's Hot For Teacher with a loud yet small smattering of Sammy up front. So there's another Hot For Teacher uh, comparison yeah. it's, from it's Ray. It's the opening, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's the opening. It's the fact that it just it keeps driving. It's just like just the drive of a song. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities there.
2: It's like a yeah. super juiced up boogie, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, false premises. Uh, instrumentation: nine out of ten. Lyrics: one out of ten. The closest comparison for this song in the Dave era is Sinner Swing. That one has some real DLR street poetry on it.
3: <laughs> uh, street street poetry. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, this is interesting. I I never really put Sinner Swing and Source of Infection together, but now that someone said that, I I can I can kind of see that comparison. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. There's something there. Yeah, I thought that worked. Uh our good buddy Chaz Mataz says, uh, so self-derivative, Def Leopard laughs at it. Ouch, there's a shot at Def Leopard, another bad guy. Wow. Yeah. Sammy should have sung Hot for Teacher and called it a day. So
1: I mean, would you the audience have accepted Sammy's version of Hot for Teacher? Like him actually singing Hot for Teacher. Would any of you remotely accept it? I would, <laughs> but would you? That's my rebuttal.
2: Yep uh oh kevin brown from the uh, tom petty project and from the seaside pod review uh, the queen podcast uh, says i can't get past those lyrics musically it's tight but suffers more than most on all 812 from the audio design and production and eddie is on fire but i don't mind a word salad if it's well seasoned but these lyrics seem seem to have been metaphorically dipped in human shit and then set on fire even a great vocal performance doesn't rescue it for me wow Wish now, they were honest. Would,
0: Just be honest about yeah, your feedback.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean <laughs> Kevin Brown is nothing if not honest. And we appreciate yeah. that about him. But my thing is, you could you really want to compare those lyrics. Like, do you not remember Up for Breakfast? That's that's my like, come on now. Like you think these lyrics are that bad, like compared to Up for Breakfast? Like I tried defending Up for Breakfast, and as Corey kept pointing it out, you can't. You can't defend that.
2: That, that, that's probably the, the low mark for me when it comes to Sammy's Up for Breakfast. Like his, He doesn't have the delivery like he did on Source of Infection. That's why I mean, that really that, elevated yeah. that song for me. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, Kevin ho- is hoping for some positivity this week. He's he's hated the last two songs we did. So hopefully we spin something good for Kev tonight. <laughs> uh, Gene Hickey says uh, The lyrics or lack thereof never bothered me back in 88, and they still don't now. Always looked at this song as just a band having fun, and it still stomps today 100%. Love it, Gene. I agree totally. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Fisher. I, I love this comment. Says, says, uh, I would have voted thumbs down before listening to the episode. Now I just added it to my playlist.
1: Yeah, Jeff Fisher.
2: Yeah, that rocks. Uh, David Lee Smith says, I can see why Sammy referred to this song as Ugg. The guave worm that he ate in Cabo Wabo was his source of infection, and he became your obnoxious drunk uncle during that particular day. Mm-hmm. Despite the annoying production, this song musically is what dreams are made of for me. He also uh, points out uh, if Sammy called this song a joke, well, then I say it's a joke that falls flat as a pancake, or I mean pound cake. Ha ha ha! The little dad joke oh, from David Lee Smith.
1: Oof, yeah.
2: Well, well, we you know, dad jokes or no, we appreciate it. Sammy did kind of call the song a joke, but I think more that they were just you know having fun uh, yeah, recording this I mean, thing, and it, it it comes through. and It is fun to listen to. Yeah. It's not a
1: problem, I don't think. Yep.
2: Oh, Chaz Mitaz is back, and he says, I downvoted, and I so dirty need a shower. Don't hate the virtuosity. Dislike that it's self-derivative. In my honest opinion, 100 times worse than a cover. Ouch. Hot for teacher Redux. Uh, does the same run two times at the main solo, even the the taping and drum intro. In my honest opinion, played it so a few times because he was embarrassed.
1: Uh, that is a take. That's a That's a take. <laughs> We're good on you, Chaz. Yeah, <laughs> so yep. like I got no, I got nothing to get, nothing to say to that. <laughs>
2: uh, only two left. Uh, Ryan Powell says uh, can't fault Mark the Bat for using his Mulligan, but I feel I need to defend those songs. This is a great track. Uh, issue is not lack of bass in the mix, but the bass tone is all mid and high, no depth. Still a great interplay and solos all three. Yeah, hundred percent agree. The, yep. The consensus here is
1: I don't think not just uh, Sammy's lyrics are awful it's that the production quality uh really kind of uh does not do any favors for any songs on this on this album and i agree with you all on that
2: you know it bothered to be less actually on source of infection than on other tracks in ou812 so i'm opposite of kevin on that one too i thought the production yeah. on that song alone uh was pretty good actually
0: can i jump on it that certainly for a quick stands second? out
2: better yeah, yeah bet. good
0: well for you know for uh for fans who love bootlegs to me, there's a bootleggy quality to OU812 that's rough and raw, like kind of bootleggy. So for for you know, for fans who
2: love their bootlegs, I'm surprised this one gets beat up so much. Oh, that's a good point. And there's some banging tracks. We got a big one that we haven't done yet, uh, black and blue that I can't wait for. Maybe I'll manifest oh, yeah. that here tonight. Uh, but our final comment is from Scott Monroe. Uh, who says, uh, I adore the intro and really enjoy the overall speed and playfulness. Harmonies are on point, and Sammy's range inflection on the chorus is just so good. Probably my favorite deep cut on the album. That's a great comment to end it on. I couldn't agree more.
1: Hell yeah. Thank you all for your participation. Uh, keep it up. Keep uh, interacting. Let us know how you feel, whether or not some of those takes are on point or it's not it's not for us to decide it's for for you guys to decide we appreciate uh the the involvement but with that being said Corey, i think it's time to get into the show we've got uh, the sammy hagar boys with us so what do you say we do a little say it with me everyone manifesting that's right Shops. good job <laughs> take a shot uh Brent, Darren, you guys, uh, you do a Sammy Hagar podcast. One might assume, I'm not going to do that, but one might assume you're going to naturally just gravitate towards wanting to do a particular Sammy Hagar song, but maybe you don't. So Brent, let me start with you. What song tonight on the show do you want to manifest that we can talk about? Or maybe not just a song. Is there something from a particular album you want to hear?
3: Yeah, I I love it. Um, In the category of manifestation for me i'm all about the balance and we we did a a, an episode a few uh, episodes ago kind of deep dive into balance and you know was it the fair warning and did it foreshadow the split um for me balance is one of my absolute favorite uh sammy vh era albums and i'm gonna go manifest amsterdam
2: oh that's a big one mark's been waiting for that one for a while well, somebody has in this household—that's for sure. So,
0: and then uh, we could yeah. really get into lyrics, right, Right? That's right. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then we can. But uh, Darren, how about yourself? What uh, what particular track or a uh, particular era do you want to manifest on the show tonight?
0: Well, I don't want to step on Corey's uh, shoes because we're the guests here. But as the you know, as a guitar player, as well as you, uh, Mark. Uh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. with black and blue because uh, that's one of my favorite tunes to play on guitar. It's a lot of fun. It's a, if you're not, you don't have to be an Ez- Eddie wizard to be able to master that riff. Uh, so when I first learned how to play guitar, that was the first actual riff. I'm like, damn, I can play Van Halen. Uh, so it's accessible. Right. So I love that. I got a nostalgic place in my heart for black and blue.
1: That's a, uh, special rite of passage for any guitar player when you you finally figure out a a Van Halen riff and you're just like, yes, I've done it. It's possible. Um, (laughs) It is possible, yes. Um, Kudos to that. So, well, hey, Corey, I mean, you can still manifest Black and Blue if you want. Uh, Maybe double the manifestation, double the chances, who knows? But I'll throw it back to you anyway. Um, Do you want to manifest that or do you have a backup?
2: Well, I tell you what, uh, I wouldn't be mad at uh, Black and Blue. it may I don't want to tip my hand. It may or may Mm -hmm. not be my favorite track off of All You Wait One Two. Uh, I'll let you know when we spin it. But I was thinking uh, a Sammy track, of course, because we got the Sammy boys on here. We got the Bro boys on here. But I'm thinking more 5150 and maybe the first ever song when you popped on uh, 5150 for the first time. Say you dropped that needle on that vinyl. What's the first thing you heard? You heard "Hello Baby" and "Good Enough." That's what I'd like to hear tonight.
1: Hello, baby. That that means uh, you're listening to and the podcast will rock, isn't it? Isn't, that, isn't yeah, that what happens Yeah, that That's on their yeah, tune. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's Good hope choice. for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh I myself am going to manifest uh a Sammy tune as well. However, I'm gonna be so broad and just go, I wanna hear something from the fuck album. I knew Anything. that was coming. Give me, give me for <laughs> unlawful carnal knowledge. Like and it doesn't matter what it is, and I know those are going to be my dying words. But uh, that's what I'm going to try and manifest because I love that album. Uh, there are a few tracks I would love to discuss just because they're great. There are some tracks I would love to discuss just because I really want to see uh, Corey's uh, his reaction. Uh, that's <laughs> that's just for selfish reasons. It's fine. But uh, yeah, the
2: fuck album. Let's. Uh, that's what I'm going to bring to the table. It's a great album, minus a couple of tracks, but um, uh, before we spin the wheel, uh, I'm going to give it a shuffle, and I'm going to give it 10 shuffles tonight, because our friends at the Bogus Show have 10 episodes out. Episode 10 dropped today, talking to everything live without a net. God, I love that show, because uh, I I think you asked uh, in the description of the show, um, is it the greatest concert home video ever filmed? And the answer absolutely is Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I'm gonna shuffle it ten times. Everyone's watching here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're sitting on. Oh wow, we're sitting on a stinker. That's okay. Uh, we're gonna to go to Sammy here, and we're gonna spin this wheel. Well, if uh, Darren, Brent, if you guys are ready, Corey's ready.
1: I'm ready. All that's left to go is Sammy. Warm up the pipes and hit us with it. Let's spin that wheel. Here we go. <laughs>
2: Oh, well, it's not a Sammy track. It is not. (laughs) The wheel said, fuck you all. (laughs) So that's I'll Wait from 1984. One of the biggest Dave albums. Of course, we have the Sammy guys on the show and we spin uh, a big track from 1984. Uh, Mark, Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, uh, 1984 and your memories of it.
1: I mean, the the biggest standout there is uh, this is the song with uh, two of my absolute favorite Van Halen tracks and probably two of the most famous, uh, certainly one, the most famous song comes from this album. So uh, needless to say, this one, this one got a lot of play when I finally uh, kind of ventured out of my uh, small circle of the uh, the best of and some of the early Van Halen albums, i.e. one and two. Uh, And when I was really kind of doing an exploration, I really got into this one because this has so many good tracks with 1984. I mean, need I, need I mention jump? We've already talked about hot for teacher. Uh, There's Panama drop dead legs. I mean, this is like, I, I don't think there's a single bad track off of this album whatsoever. Um, there are, I have songs that I like a little bit more than others, obviously, but uh, I don't think this one has a lot of bad. This is, as you say, a big album for the band. Some might even argue the biggest. Um, how about yourself, Corey? Well, I,
2: 1984 was like uh, my first real Van Halen album. Uh, I, I got into Van Halen watching much music uh, up here in Canada. And, uh, you know, the Hot for Teacher video and uh, Jump and all those. So uh, I'm very familiar with Al wait. I don't want to tip my hand too much and talk too much about it before we listen to the song. But uh, this is a big one, one that a lot of people have been waiting for off of 1984. Uh, credited uh, songwriting-wise to all four members and Michael McDonald uh, in the U.K. anyway. In the U.S., he was never credited uh, as a as a co-writer on this one. But, uh, uh, <laughs> Brett, uh, it's not a Sammy tune, but it's a pretty good Dave tune. Uh, what do you think about 1984?
3: Yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, my my quick history uh, of being introduced to this band was, uh, it was June of 1984. It was our grade seven year-end class party, and a buddy of mine brought in the Diver Down album, and it was the first time that I'd ever seen anything by Van Halen, and so he kept spinning tunes off of Diver Down, and then about three weeks later, it was early July, it was my birthday, and I saw a little clip of the us festival show that was shown on a a local cable station up here. And I said to my parents, I need to have the 1984 album for my birthday. And it was the first album that I owned from this band. And uh, yeah, it's not Sammy, but I'm actually pretty excited to chat about this tune. It's it's killer. It rocks.
0: Right on, right on. Darren, how about you? Uh, I'm in the same boat. I love. I, so I kind of string some of these songs together, and I feel like all wait <laughs> is the precursor to uh, love walks in, which is then the precursor to feel so good. I love and uh, dare I say it up for breakfast, which is that kind of thumping. Uh, nothing against Mike on the on the bass, but I love that kind of thumping uh, keyboard uh, synth bass. And I love it here, right? And the drums are killer on this on this particular song.
2: Uh, I, I was just uh, referencing the Van Halen encyclopedia, which you had its author. Uh, on your show in episode nine, uh, CJ Chilvers, right? Or Chilvers? Chilvers. Chilvers, yeah, yep. Awesome guy. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking at the encyclopedia and he says, uh, I'll wait is one of the two songs Dave and Ted Teploman wanted left off of 1984 because of the keyboards. The other song was jump.
0: <laughs> so Brent and I talked about this on our, uh, most recent episode, uh, Life of uh, because we're saying, you know, I'll wait could have been a song that could have easily slipped onto 5150. Right? Maybe you could hear an version of this in an alternate universe uh, with Sammy singing it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah,
3: yeah I think there seems to be a, a pretty well-known tale that Dave was, you know, kind of anti-keyboard and wanting to, you know, keep the guitar god on the guitar and steer away from from anything related to to the keyboard stuff, and so having him wanting this album to be, or excuse me, this song to be left off the album. I think, um, isn't that also what sort of led to, um, the, 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 him not being able to finish the lyrics and Michael McDonald ended up, you know, kind of coming in and, and helping to, to, to put the rest of it together. So there's, there's a little mystique and, uh, and there's some cool elements, uh, kind of the backstory of this tune.
2: Yeah. Uh, legend has it, uh, Dave had trouble completing the melody. Uh, so that's why, uh, they brought in, uh, Michael McDonald from the Doobie brothers. Uh, and the rest what a is kind ringer. of
1: history. what a ringer <laughs> to bring in, <laughs> like, like to help figure out a melody. Is like, who, who can we possibly call that's going <laughs> to help us out? Let's not get another fellow, uh, you know, rock and hard rock, uh, lyricist, uh, that we're touring with all the time. No, no, no. Shoot for gold. We're going to Michael McDonald. He's over there. Uh, <laughs> he's over there recording with uh, Steely Dan and Kenny Loggins. But he, he's got time to figure this out real quick.
0: <laughs> and sure enough, there you go. And that was all through the Ted Templeman connection, because I believe in his uh, in his book, oh, there's yeah. a section on yep. you know how that all came to play, right?
1: Yep, that's amazing. That is so amazing. <laughs> I did not know that. About, and he
0: wasn't paid, uh, right? He like... wasn't paid for this apparently, right? Credit? Yeah, I don't think paid. he was. Yeah,
2: he was credited in the UK, but not in the US. Yeah, but paid in neither, <laughs> got... neither, not paid in either country, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> no, but you know he pre- he got his name on paper somewhere in there, and that's that's probably all that mattered to him. like, it's fine, it's fine. I got my name on Van Halen. And
0: I'm I was going to say, in 1984, for uh, the Doobie Brothers to be associated with Van Halen, come on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that but is a Van fun, Halen Like to... fun piece of trivia there. <laughs>
2: biggest band in the world at that time so yeah that's a good call what do you say boys should we listen to a little uh, I'll Wait from 1984 let's do it absolutely here we go thoughts on that intro i i really kind of dug just 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 the keyboards and and just the symbol work of alex on that just to to bring it in nice build now all i can think of
1: uh doobie brothers presents van halen here you go with this little this key (laughs) intro and now i can't even see eddie behind the keys i see michael mcdonald's ass (laughs) back there he's just like it's like I'll tell you when to come in, Dave. All right, <laughs> over there, just like plucking away, and I—that is, that is so funny to me. Um, so it just it gives me a whole new perspective on this song. But I love that intro. Actually, it's uh, I love subverting expectations when it comes to Van Halen songs. Like, if you had no inclination that this was Van Halen and you heard this intro, would you automatically assume that's Van Halen? No, they're yeah, all shaking their no, head. No, not at all. No, way. no, no way. <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah, I would have thought uh, like someone like John Cougar Mellencamp or like Steve Winwood, something like that. Uh, but Steve no, Winwood, yeah, Van Halen. yeah. There you go. But it's Van Halen, indeed. So I love this intro, and I, I love that it's uh, it's not your typical, it's not your norm.
3: Yeah, for me, it's the uh, the the power of that little drum roll, and then kicks into that the, the bottom end with the with the bass. It just that th- the thumping beat all the way through this song. It, it's another one that to me is just uh, I think begging to be played live, um, far 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 beyond the nineteen eighty four tour, and it, it it should have been a staple tune on set lists for yeah. you know tours to come for sure.
0: I Agree. I think because of the keyboards. Uh, the attention's pulled there. Like, Eddie on keyboards, uh, I think this is a Alex song, and I love not to get too inside baseball guitar gear or gear-wise, but I think there's a bit of flange on the drums that sounds killer on this particular song. I think, that to me, this is an Alex killer tune.
2: I love that you said that. It definitely does feel like an Alex tune. I 100% agree with you, but because Brett brought it up, this is one of my favorite things. Uh, we're going to play, how many times do you think Van Halen played this song live? We're going to do this Price of Right Rules Uh, You got to get closest to the number without going over. So uh, let's start with Mark. Let's uh, leave the guests a moment to think about this one. Mark, how many times do you think Van Halen played I'll Wait live in concert without going over? Man,
1: without going over. Okay. In their entire career. I'm going to say they played this a good old whopping
2: 105 times. 105 times. All right, Darren, what do you think?
0: I'm going to go with the exact number of, uh, tour dates for the uh, different kind of truth tour. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say 60
2: times. 60 times. All right, Brent. Wow. I'm going to go uh, 150, 150 times. 150. And Mark, what was yours again? 105. 105. Brent takes it. The correct answer is 280 times. Wow. Oh, dude. My Look first guess was Was right at 200.
1: <laughs> my first
0: guess. Oh. I thought you were going to say 280. <laughs> so, was this a staple no, on, the, no. on the 84 tour? Because I it was really, I made that joke because I thought they only kind of dug it
2: up to, on the uh, different kind of truth. Yeah. No, they played it 106 times uh, on the 84 tour, but they also played it in 07 and 08. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Did and they then. Really? Uh, yeah, and then on the Wolfie tours, 2012 and 2015 oh, as well, 2013 too. So yeah. I
1: wonder if that's because Wolfie likes playing it.
2: Could be. I think he was kind of in charge of the set list on those tours, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think absolutely the the 07 08 run, uh 212, and for sure 2015. I I think he largely dictated the set lists on all three of those tours. And the, the other guys, even though you know they're the ones in charge, probably just looked at Wolfie and went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's that again? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, no. This um, just as as Dave gets going with the lyrics here, I, I think the the big question is, when you first heard this song or first first uh, got the album and and went through it and, and heard these lyrics, didn't everybody automatically assume that when Dave says, you know, I have your picture, I know it well, another page is turned, got it from a magazine, everyone's thinking it's it it's clearly a a, a dirty magazine of some kind, right? Like this is in. You know, going down the porn road, and I, I think, what what was the 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 clarification? It was um, wasn't it like a, like a like a GQ kind of magazine? It, it was almost like a, sort of a fashion, sort of an, an ad or something that was his inspiration it was a for Klein the Calvin, yep, Klein. Calvin Klein, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But didn't didn't everybody go? I mean, he's obviously talking about it's you know got to be from Playboy magazine or something like that, right?
2: you want to hear it's something embarrassing though? assumption yeah it is, it is but when i was a kid and i popped on 1984 i thought he was i thought it was a yearbook he was talking about his teacher because the song that preceded this was hot for teacher <laughs> for teacher that's interesting <laughs> I, that's, I, yeah. I was 10 years old and i thought it was a concept album oh he's talking about his teacher again <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's awesome <laughs>
0: that
1: that right there is a is a canadian uh rock fan
2: who's listened to a lot of rush so everything <laughs> be of we can't escape I'll, it here right it, it's true <laughs> i wasn't even listening to rush in 1984 i was only 10 years old
1: <laughs> it was i understand you have you have to graduate to that uh that particular that's right realm yeah that's I right gotcha.
2: yeah yeah when when you're given your first pack of smokes and your first uh you know 12 pack of labats uh, and your toque <laughs> uh, you're given the entire rush discography you got to know this That's Mm -hmm. called the Canadian baptism, right there. I think. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) that happens when you turn nineteen in Saskatchewan.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh, that chorus, Mark Kamire. What do you think? Oh, that that chorus is lovely, but I'm I'm suddenly,
1: uh, as we're listening to this, I'm being flooded with the memory of, I've mentioned before, uh, a lot of my early Van Halen education came from just taking car rides, uh, you know, with my folks or whatever, uh, and they would show up on the radio everybody, every rock station didn't matter if it was, uh, for the newer rock or older rock, classic rock, whatever they would play Van Halen always. This song definitely got some radio play, uh, during my childhood years. And I'm, I keep thinking it was an embarrassingly long number of years before I even realized that was Van Halen. Cause I, I mentioned Steve Winwood earlier. Cause it's like, I thought that was just Steve Winwood. Cause it sounds like a, a song he would do. Uh, I'm, quite sure he has done a song similar to this but you know the vocal the only thing that stopped me from truly believing it was steve winwood was the vocals and then of course you know eddie van halen of course but for a long time i was not convinced that was van halen i thought my parents were messing with me when they said no no this is van halen you like you'll like this song like that's (laughs) that's not them it doesn't sound
0: anything like them yes (laughs) well i was able to jump on there too because uh up to this point in the song there's not a lick than the pun of Eddie. Oh no, no. So far, there's not a pick slide, a tapped harmonic. Uh, you know, some uh, you know doubling guitar in the back. There is zero Eddie. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's on keyboards, but guitar wise, there's zip so far, right? Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. This is. I- I'm. I'm glad we stopped at the chorus. I, I would say um, lyrically, this is probably one of my favorite choruses of any Van Halen tune. And the thing that I love about it the most is. There's no repetition in it. There isn't a single word that is repeated more than once. It's just like mm-hmm. the chorus is just it. It's like the lyrics just kind of keep on going. It's mint, mm-hmm. mint, best chorus.
1: Yeah, it's like a single thought that he's like he's hitting you with to the point. Yes, you know, he's not. Totally. He's not trying to not trying to like overly reiterate. It's like let's uh, might as well do this. Go ahead and do this. Go ahead. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you absolutely about that. And told her these words
4: that meant a lot to me. I never said to, she wouldn't ever, her eyes will follow me. And while she watches, I can never be free. Such photography.
2: Yeah, I'm going to uh, acquiesce to the uh, experts on the panel here, but Dave's not really out front. Uh, in, in the mix here there, there's some sort of effect on his vocal and he's kind of back you're hearing he's right on par with the keyboards uh, yeah. I'm used to like earlier Van Halen albums with Dave where he's kind of up front and, and charging with the vocal he, he's kind of uh, back here it's kind of cool
0: yeah you're right like that's why I keep saying this is an Alex song because the drums are just so you know so in the mix out front so large it's just you hear that that undeniable Alex snare right
3: It's nice to give big Al a little bit of love, right? He, he, he never does. He never does get the, get the cred. And you're right. It, it, his, his voice is, it it is kind of a little back in the mix and almost kind of subtly there, but I think it fits the vibe of the tune, right? It's kind of like a, you know, it's, it's upbeat, but brooding at the same time. Mm -hmm.
1: It's like he's in an echo chamber uh, with the keyboard. Like it, it almost feels like a, This might be a Ted Templeman thing where he said, let's let's get you and the keys like right there on par with one another. And it almost kind of sounds like uh, they're singing in the same chamber, uh, both both the keys and uh, the vocals. Um, But I have to wonder, you mentioned uh, Alex being sort of in the uh, in the center of it all. It's very drum centric, very Alex centric. I wonder if that's because Eddie and him had a conversation. Eddie said, I'm just going to play keys on this one. So, you know, you do what you do but I'm just going to stick on keys. So Alex, like, Oh, okay. I'll do what I do. Sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've always seen this as like the, uh, the emphasis to, to jump because jump is so like progressive out, go do it. And this one's like timid, like hanging back I'll wait. Like not, it's like the opposite of jump, right? Even like yeah. vibe mm-hmm. And even like the mix wise, you know, Dave is so and- front and jump. And then this one, he's like, you know, it's a little bit more subdued in the back. Right.
2: That's so cool to look yeah. at it that way. You got the two big keyboard yeah. tracks on nineteen eighty four. Yeah. And, and they're and very they're almost, diametrically yeah. opposed, right?
3: Dar- Darren Which loves is, the uh, yeah. uh, Darren loves the twofer thing. We we've talked a lot about that and yeah. some of the things we want to talk about is, you know, kind of kind of putting two tracks back to back. So I guess it's what is it, go ahead and wait? then is that what's happening kind of right go ahead yeah. and wait <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it really i mean that speaks volumes about just the dynamics of the band themselves just uh, because yeah you can put these two songs back to back and and while they uh, follow sort of instrumentally similar structures they are vastly different as you said this is like the opposite of
0: jump yeah right on
1: right down to the lyrics as well because i was gonna say it
0: points to where they were heading right could you ever imagine (laughs) daily roth saying i'll wait for anything (laughs) (laughs) no uh and these are these are really good lyrics lyrics? like dave sing this i'm not gonna wait what are you talking about
1: (laughs) i have to point out you know because i don't i'm sure everyone will scream at me if i don't uh these lyrics by dave are wonderful these are really good lyrics (laughs) they are whereas Jump's lyrics, spoiler alert, are, 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 is a bunch of nonsense, really, when you break it down, and we'll get there. Um, I have to wonder, though, did Michael McDonald have any influence whatsoever on the lyrics, or did he only do the melody?
0: I thought it was I – mean, I could be wrong. I'm sure we'll break the internet if I say the wrong thing, but uh, I thought it was lyrics as well that Dave usually drives around in his Hoffer teacher convertible trying to figure out the lyrics. I, I have to go
2: back to the Ted <laughs> Temple book,
0: but I thought it was lyrics that he was stumbling mm. with, and Michael yeah. McDonald kind of came in and – you know. Carpenter together for them, right?
2: Uh, thinking back to the, that development book uh, as a source, mm. I, I think he said that it was the melody and the lyrics he was having trouble. with. Yeah. So, but yeah. do we know exactly uh-huh. which line it was, or no? I I don't remember. No. No,
1: but I mean I don't know. I just, uh, n- and I'm not trying to knock on Dave too hard in his lyric writing. I'm just saying like these are pretty, pretty well more well done than you would. I get can't
0: from think about how to write about enough. waiting for something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone help see, me.
2: Darren you're asking the wrong two guys is our yeah. reviews on the podcast show we don't know fucking anything we don't oh, know yeah fucking anything. <laughs>
1: uh, that's
2: that's why I'm asking questions because
3: I don't know so we should you know help Diamond me doesn't, Diamond doesn't write
0: right about waiting for anything what is this I'm stumped
3: I, I think you're onto something though I mean Dave's always been witty with his lyrics he was he was always very smart and witty but this the lyrics to this song are like it's it's like reading a book it's like storing Mm -hmm. telling a story right it's it's very different i mean usually he's catchy with phrases and rhyming and all of that but this is actually weaving a really a really
2: powerful story right it's cool exactly is that a michael mcdonald trademark i don't listen to a lot of doobie brothers uh do we have any doobie brother experts on the panel here tonight
1: I'm not an expert, uh my my mother is, but uh and she would tell you yes, he he's good at painting word portraits in his lyrics. Um even if they're simple, even if they're very very simple like what a fool believes is not exactly uh you're not going to win a pulitzer for those lyrics, but they're very good and well done and the melody as well. So I don't know, I just thinking about how the melodies flow in this particular song and you mentioned michael mcdonald and i'm reading these lyrics i have to wonder that like okay he probably had a little bit of a hand in uh writing them because it just it feels like that's probably the case
3: yeah i i I think uh i think you're right it's it's kind of like uh you know without love where would you be now right simple but it's 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 catchy you you could see Mm -hmm. i'd be surprised if he's got his hand on these lyrics in, in a bigger way than, you know, was even revealed in, uh, in the Ted Templeman book. Probably.
0: we were just talking about Billy Gibbons and I know around this time they became pretty good friends, Eddie and Billy. And to me, this is the most Billy esque Eddie solo. It's very, uh, you know, uh, held back. It's not a mile a minute. He plays notes very tastefully holds them kind of like how Billy does. It feels like a ZZ top solo in a Van Halen song to me, uh, especially that section we just heard. Right. And then it kind of goes into a very tasteful, uh, coming up whammy, Solo, where around this time. A lot of bands who I won't mention were just going crazy on the whammy, but didn't have the taste uh, in my opinion that Eddie had with using the whammy. So that part, that section to me was really awesome.
2: I could not agree more. Uh, Billy Gibbons to me is an underrated guitar player and soloist. Uh, and we talk about this with Eddie. How he plays the solo that fits the song. He's not just look at all the notes I can play. Blah, 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 and all the yeah, you're right. So the right? solo
0: fix this right. song, right?
1: I, I love the little tease, the, uh, the pre- solo little musical interlude on the keys like like whatever And it's like it almost makes you feel like okay we we've ended the uh the second chorus we're gonna get into that solo because that's how van halen songs work most of the time and uh here comes eddie with that guitar right right not yet not yet nope 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 it's just like it's not it's not yeah. the song you think it is and then and then when he finally comes in as you say uh Way more subdued than a than your typical yeah, Eddie Van Halen solo, right? And then yeah. Alex, no, not at all. Very,
0: uh, he switches into this very killer groove, right? Yeah, but furthering
1: we, the belief that I, 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 think you're right. I think this is, uh, this is an Alex song. This is not yeah. uh, for anybody else. This is Alex's.
3: We've we've talked a couple of times about um, some similarities to some TV show theme songs and you know darren's mm-hmm. on his magnum pi uh thing and you know i i kind of can't help but as that solo comes in it feels a bit uh almost miami vice ish to me I, yeah, don't I don't know
2: ah yeah interesting. it's not up you front know. like a guitar solo usually is it's kind of yeah. underneath it's yeah. very 80s it sounds very 80s but i thought it was weird that it, we're two minutes and 50 seconds in before we actually heard a guitar I was yeah. going to ask you how far we went to that's actually crazy. hear
0: Eddie. So that's, that's amazing that you don't yeah. hear any, and you know how Eddie is usually there's something in the back. That, like like I said, usually he likes to use like tapped harmonics. Uh, even the, you know, he whammy stuff or even like slides that he uses for like for texture elements. There's nothing till right there. Right. Yeah. It's like uh it's another, uh,
1: another way of looking how this song and jump share similar qualities. <laughs>
0: So that last part right there, first of all, he he does a very Billy Gibbons esque where he does Mm. he's way up high and he goes into the pentatonic and does like a you know a pentatonic low note to to augment that to offset it, which is very Billy Gibbons, but he kills it uh in a great way. Uh and then that last section, the way he does that whammy trick is very tasteful. And if you try to do that, it's it's not a long piece, uh, but I have yet to replicate it because it's just very tasteful and he's just a master with the whammy, right? That's a great little piece. Oh yeah.
4: It's a great solo.
0: so many great fills right those fills are oh, just yeah. oh yeah
2: great and fills and every ride- once in a while he'll just throw in an extra crash too right yeah yeah like you have just the standard crash and things then things. two beats later you have another crash i, I love that ne- never
3: mind the guitar i want to become a drummer now
2: that's it yeah i'm in, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> awesome tune. that yeah. is i'll wait from 1984 good stuff mark comeyer do you want to kick us off here and uh, and start voting I mean, why not?
1: So, Brent, Darren, I know you guys were looking forward to a Sammy tune. The Wheel said, nah, listen to this one instead. So, that being said, how do you, Darren, we'll start with you, how do you feel about our I I Will Wait uh, from 1984? Would you say that this is, in fact, what dreams are made of, or is the dream over for you?
0: I love it. I think it's a killer song. And I think it doesn't, you know, only because there's so many other, you know, hits that were on this album that overshadow it. I think it's a deep cut that is in sore need of more appreciation, like we did tonight. I think there's so much to be learned about the entire band uh, just by this one song. So I love it.
2: All right. I got to make it official. He did not give me the thumbs up, so I got to play the track. And
0: it's fitting right. played a Sammy song right there, right? So there you go.
2: That's right. <laughs> All right, Brett, let's go to you. Uh, give me an indication: is this what dreams are made of, or is this dream over?
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, 1984 for me as uh, as an album, top to bottom, there's probably not. A better record in the catalog of this of this band, regardless of of uh, of singer and you know, as much as I was uh pulling for Amsterdam and a little bit of balance uh tonight i'm actually I'm really happy that uh your magical wheel stopped us on uh all weight because it it brought us back to uh to nineteen eighty four and uh, man it just it just rocks it rocks, and we love Al it's so nice to see Al be out there.
1: we do love Al indeed. Corey Morissette, you're a big uh, Alex Van Halen kind of guy, so would you say this song, being very much uh, an an Alex tune, as we've discussed, uh, would you say it's what dreams are made of, or is the dream over? (laughs)
2: I'm going to go get some Doobie Brothers albums because aside from the big hits, I don't know a lot of uh, Doobie Brothers shit or Michael McDonald stuff, but I could picture him on the keyboards with his shock white hair uh, playing along while he was doing the guitar solo and I had a lot of fun with that. This is a great song. Uh, I'm kind of with Brent. I don't know if there's a stinker on 1984. It's top to bottom. One of my favorite albums of all time. Every song is great. Uh, I don't want to tip my... Hand for the next 1984 song we spin, but uh, I'll wait. It's certainly right up there. It was a it was a big hit for the band. I think it hit top twenty, uh, number thirteen uh, actually, uh, on the Billboard single charts. Um, great tune. Uh, Dave sounds great. He's in his wheelhouse. We talked about how Sammy doesn't own a wheelhouse. He could sing anything. He could sing in the phone book and make it sound great. But Dave, when he's in his wheelhouse, he's great, and he's great on this track. I love the production. I'm glad that Don Landy and Eddie Van Halen fought to keep this track on 1984 because it's an absolute banger. I love I'll wait. So that brings us to Mark Kamire, who hates everything that David Lee Roth ever did. How are you going to vote? Is this dream over or is this what dreams are made of?
1: It's true. I absolutely hate everything David does.
4: Oh,
1: Oh, I can hear Twitter already. Uh, It's a joke, (laughs) you guys. No. Obviously, this this is uh I've talked about how this there's no bad track on 1984. I know I tip that I tip my hand a little bit too uh too much there, but uh, you know we still there are still lots of room for analyzation. That being said, I'll wait. Um, I forgot for a hot second that this track was on this album until uh we until we spun it, and then I had to hear it in my head and go, oh right, it, it that is nice. What a nice. What a nice uh, uh, find, or a uh, uh, re rather. I don't know what else I can contribute to it other than what we've already talked about. It's not your typical Van Halen song, and I think that works to its advantage. Um, is it keyboard-centric? Yes, it is. But look, you can say all you want, especially uh, uh, the people that are very pro-Dave and very pro-Old... Uh, old school van halen whatever you want to say and say like oh well they totally lost it when they added the keys well tell that to the fact that 1984 is probably their biggest album or if it's one of their biggest album it certainly has their number one biggest song of all time on it which by the way is very keyboard centric i love the fact that um darren and brent you guys called this uh the uh the Not the anti jump, but the opposite of jump, because I think that's very, very fitting in all the best ways. Uh, And I just now all I want to do is listen to this song and jump side by side and just kind of go through them both just to hear the dichotomy of the two different tracks. The yin and the yang, right? The yin and the yang, absolutely. And it's uh,
0: it's missing one thing though, right? Like, because we talked about that section before the guitar solo where there's that keyboard goes on for about 10 seconds. I feel like as much as I love Dave as well. I feel like that section it was begging for a Dave spoken word quip or something right there, right? Like a slow where he just speaks sings, right?
2: I might that have a is you.
0: Something like that, where he's like, you know, that's what oh, listen to them
4: keys. Yeah, something
0: like yeah. right where he kind of speaks, you know, his Dave sexy voice. But I feel like right there it could be like he were it was begging for like him speaking right there, a little section, right?
1: could I, I can see what you mean by that. My only pushback against that is the fact that the, the content of the song really doesn't seem like it uh, it would call for that because he it this it seems very straightforward uh, in the lyrics. And as we said, like he, he's telling a story in in this particular song. He's not kind he's not doing his usual rothisms, if you will. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like if he if he threw in the little spoken words while it would have been on brand. Uh, for me, anyway, this is just me. Uh, I don't. I think that would have done. I don't. That that might have lessened it to a tiny degree, but I could be wrong. I no, guess that's it a, just. That's a
0: good counterpoint, man. You're right. Good counterpoint. You
1: know, I guess it would depend on what exactly he would be saying in that in that uh, little section, but um, I still am cracking up the fact that uh, that I feel like that was going to be a moment for people to like. All right, all right. They got that away. Here comes the Rip roaring solo, and Eddie just does not give it to them uh, <laughs> because because. <laughs> Why you like no 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 this this ain't the song for it wait wait a couple more tracks it's fine
2: well said you mentioned the the uh, sales for 1984 is actually their second uh, highest grossing album 11.7 uh, million copies sold uh just under go. Van Halen one which is 11.8 so well I stand corrected but still number two that's still very big numbers absolutely for and reason. the nearest uh, Sammy album 5150 only 6.8 million copies sold hmm. only wow. Yeah, <laughs> only six times platinum. Can you believe it?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. don't know when is that like. recent as of now. Like how how recent is that? Because like, I'm curious. I always like to track to see how these albums over time. You know, do they change? Do they volley for position? Like, is Van Halen one always over eighty four? Is it up and down? Or,
2: yeah, you know, that's a good call. I'm just looking on bestsellingalbums.org. dot org, and that's how they have them ranked uh, today. But yeah, I don't know when the last time uh, they actually. Uh, you know, reassess that who knows 1984 could have passed it by now. It's very close. So the, they're like one of only a handful
0: of rock bands who have like back to back or two diamond selling albums. If
2: I'm not, that's mistaken. right. There's only a few, uh, I know Def Leppard has uh two diamond albums, Pyromania and Hysteria and Van Halen is one there. There's a couple yeah. others too. We're not here to talk about that. We're
1: here to talk about Van Halen and we just did that. With wear Trap from 1984, I'll wait. Good stuff. And we did it with two pro-Sammy Hagar fellas, which goes to show you we can all live in Van Halen harmony. It's it's
2: all good. It's it's fine. We we all appreciate the music equally. Doesn't matter who's now, singing. You say that, Mark, but uh, I got to tell you, we, we've started doing live shows, and yes. we have one coming up on December 17th. We're going to talk with a bunch of people from the uh, Deep Dive Podcast Network, but I'm already thinking uh-huh. towards January. And I thought, what better live show can we do in January than maybe get uh, the two folks we have on the panel here tonight, Brett and Darren from the Bogus Soda Show, and maybe the, uh, our two friends from the DLR cast, and, and do a live show with them. And we'll spin the wheel twice and hopefully get a Dave cut and a Sammy cut and get their, Ooh, and just have them fight it out. And Mark cool, and I man. can kind of be – because Mark and I are Van Halen. We'll be lukewarm water. We're in the middle. We'll have the DLR guys' <laughs> as fire – the, the two
0: Dara and it's come face to face. That's right. <laughs> yeah,
3: what that sounds to me like be? a that's a big old round table of fun right there. I, th- I think
2: we're we're all into that. Absolutely, you're in. Absolutely, Absolutely. I'm Not gonna pitch it to the DLR cast guys and see what they say. That might be coming in January. I'd be very interested to get you guys on there with those boys and uh, yeah, spin the wheel a couple of times and see what we get. We'd be honored to be on that. That's great. Those yeah, guys are great. excellent. All-
1: only because I am an agent of chaos, and that sounds like the most chaotic show we could ever do. So, you're absolutely, I'm <laughs> into that. So, <laughs> I love to see it. Love to see it. Can't wait for it. So, get ready. But Corey, you just mentioned a live show in December. Uh, you don't forget, you guys. Uh, we we were, we had such a fun time in our anniversary show to do a live. Show and uh, we got a lot of great feedback from it. We decided let's do that again. So December seventeenth, get your calendars ready. Live show and the podcast will rock. And uh, I'm I am anticipating uh, lots of mayhem, lots of laughter, and of course, lots of rock and roll. Good stuff. Uh, am I forgetting anything, Corey?
2: Uh, no, that's about it. December seventeenth. You can uh, check us out on YouTube uh, at Podcast Will Rock. And on our website, www.podcastwillrock.com. Uh, we're hopefully going to have a lot of people from the Deep Dive Podcast Network on. I know uh, Scott yeah. uh, from the Uri Heap uh, Show, uh, the Magicians Podcast will be on. Uh, Kevin from the Tom uh, Petty Project will be on. Uh, a few other people have expressed interest. Uh, uh, we're we're uh, a lot of guys are are overseas, so nine yeah. nine p.m. Eastern might be a little late for them. But I've talked to, with a few of them about pre-recording something too. But we're going to celebrate. Uh, the Deep Dive Podcast Network, which we're happy to be a part of, uh, December 17th. And, and if you're around and uh, kicking around, we'll we'll post a link. Maybe we'll bring you on the show, too. We're going to spin the wheel twice. Uh, we're going to get two shows out of it to kind of carry us through the Christmas season. And uh, hopefully the, the wheel gave us two big hits, actually, last time. Well, No They gave us Tattoo yeah. off a, a different kind of truth and a big one off of uh, OU812. Uh, so I can't wait to see what we have uh, coming up for the live show. And you heard it here first, January the bogus Oda shows boys are in for a live show with the DLR cast guys. So I'll, I'll reach out to them. Hopefully we can get uh, Sammy versus Dave. Uh, we'll settle <laughs> the argument once and for all. <laughs> can the internet <laughs> handle it? <laughs> <laughs> or we do this. If,
1: all right, here, here, here's, I'm just going to throw this out there uh, and we can scrap it. You can cut it later if this doesn't work. But if we happen to spin only because I know there's a version out there. If we happen to spin, a track like "Ain't Talking About Love," I recommend we listen to both versions. We listen to David Lee Roth's Ooh. version that we all know and love, but then we listen to Sammy Hagar singing it. Um, I know for a fact 500%. there's a great there's a great live recording of him doing that. Probably one of the only uh, like live recordings, at least that I have found, uh, of Sammy doing Dave tunes. Uh, and not sounding like he hates his life actually. So uh I <laughs> if 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 the wheel is kind or if uh if both both parties are interested in something like
3: that that I'd might be, be something. Brent you down for that? that. I'd, be I'd be down for that. that. That is what dreams are made of. Yes. See what <laughs> I did there? <laughs> All right. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> Love it. Keeping it on brand. So we're just we're spitballing ideas but yes, January we're going to try and make that happen. Uh DL, uh DLR casts the balls in your court. But Brent, Darren, thank you guys so much for being on the show, man. Thank you for providing your insight and for sucking it up and doing a uh, Dave tune as opposed to a Sammy tune that I know you guys were looking forward to, but it's all good. You had some great great feedback, great takes, great commentary on this particular track, and we appreciate it. Please let the audience know where they can find you guys uh, and where they can tune into your show.
0: Darren, do it. Do it. I was going to say, so uh, we're on Facebook. Bogus odor Show. Uh, we're on all your uh Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find your your podcasts. Uh we, we will be soon coming to YouTube. We're catching up with you guys. Uh, but yeah, we are just we are excited. We love your show and we're very honored to be here. So thank you for having us.
3: Yeah, this uh this is this has been a, an absolute uh honor and, and pleasure. We're we're big fans of you guys, and we really appreciate you uh having us on, giving us uh, a little bit of airtime. And at the end of the day, um you know, it's Sammy first for us, but it's uh, it's all it's all Van Halen and it's all good.
2: And uh, it was it was fun to chat about all Wade tonight, too. Well, we were honored to have you. I know listening to your last show, uh, you guys talked about Wolfie. You talked about everything Van Halen in any show that flies the flag of Van Halen. We're all, absolutely all for uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job on the Bogus Oda show. I know you're what, two episodes away uh, from the end of season one. And your last show, you kind of teased maybe some some big stuff coming up. Is there anything you want to promote here tonight that's maybe coming up in season two? Ooh. Um, so
3: we, we've got a pretty cool guest for show number 13, which will be our, our final episode of season one. Um, and it's... Uh... I would say, uh, one degree or less away from Mr. Hagar. We'll, uh, we'll keep it a secret for now who our special guest is going to be. Um, but that one's going to be coming up in the middle of January. So definitely want to want to tune into that. And, um, we've got some tentacles out all over the place, Darren. And I've been, uh, working hard behind the scenes to, uh, to line up some cool guests for the new year. And, you know, uh, I think we're going to have some fun and, uh, and we're going to have some really uh, special people on with us as we, as we get into season two.
0: Yeah. yeah we're, we're pretty excited. And I'm, I'm uh Corey as a fellow Canadian. Uh, I'm chipping away at Mr. Kim Mitchell, who I know is a Ooh. Sammy fan to uh, uh, get his take and get him on the show at some point. So oh, working, that would I'm be working a, away on that.
2: Kim Mitchell is phenomenal. I saw him a couple of years ago for the first time, still puts on a great live show. Love me some Kim Mitchell. I can't wait to have that. Uh, happen on the Bogus Soda show. That's going to be great. And we thought it would be cool to get him because I said, Kim, you don't have to, no
0: one's going to force you to talk about guitar. We just want to hear your take on <laughs> the singing and vocals and Sammy. Cause I know he's a big Sammy fan, right?
2: Who has opened for Van Hagar. <laughs> I know Mark's a big Kim Mitchell fan. You saw the video for go for soda.
1: <laughs> yes. I, I, yes, I, I totally saw that. That's all I'll say.
2: All right. well thank you very much guys for coming on Uh, The Bogus Oda Show, get it wherever you get your podcasts from, I'm a big fan of the show Uh, You had some great ones coming up Uh, CJ Chilvers was on there Um, You did an episode of Marching on Mars that I was a big fan of Um, You guys are absolutely phenomenal, thank you uh, for doing a show on Sammy Hagar, it was long overdue I can't wait to get you on a live show with the guys from the DLR cast so we can finally battle it out and decide once and for all, who was the better frontman for Van Halen, we'll decide that in January I'm sure (laughs)
1: There can be only one, and time will tell in January whom that will be. Apologies to Gary. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Corey, Corey, where, can, they, where uh, can the people find us when they want to uh, check out the show?
2: Where can they find you when they want to just shout you out? Oh, they can find us at uh, www.podcastwillrock.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook now, which Mark is uh, handling for us, uh, mm-hmm. at Podcast Will Rock. And you can find us as part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network which features such great shows as uh, The Magician's Podcast with Scott, of the Rye Heat Podcast, uh, Nate and John uh, at the Deep Purple Podcast, The Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered, Terry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul, Joe, and David at the In the Lap of the Pods Podcast, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, uh, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priestcast. Myself, uh, John Mariano and Scott Haskin at Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, John and I also do another show called Backtracks Theme Music, where we're talking everything music and movies. Clay and Rye at North by South Podcast. Greg and John at So Far, So Pod, So What, Talking Everything Megadeth, Kevin at the Tom Petty Project, Quinn at Adding Volume for All, and Sav, Nick, John, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast.
1: Woo! All fun stuff, all great stuff. Get all of your rock and roll podcasting needs met right here at the deep dive podcasting network you can find me at mark the bat on twitter and instagram uh just to yell some whatever nonsense you want at me go ahead i'll probably take it and run with it because that's usually what i use twitter for is to ramble about nonsense it's fun and cathartic for me um or you can just tune into the show because you know i like to rant about nonsense too mostly it's about how much uh we just want to reiterate We are not experts in Van Halen. We're not experts in rock music. We are just simply fans who enjoy a thing and we enjoy talking about it. And for the most part, you all love talking about it with us and we appreciate you. Take a shot, and that'll do it for us. We are, and the podcast will rock, and we will rock you later.